0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the bread, I want. I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No blessed to grow back. I gotta keep pressing on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you, or welcome you back, to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. And there's always more to learn about overcoming in this life. God never intended for you and I to be victims For you and I to be overwhelmed, overcome, defeated. The scripture says he always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're born, your spiritual DNA is that of a winner, that of an overcomer. You have to actually suppress that for that not to happen in your life. But there's plenty of junk in the world to feed that suppression if you listen to it. But you're not doing that today. You're coming to faith school. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Father, all of us agree together today about this, asking for this infusion, for this supply of the Spirit by your Word, by your Spirit, quickening us, showing us what's wrong and what's junk and helping us to get it out and get away from it and filling us up with your goodness. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Look please in 1 Corinthians 10 again as we continue our study on overcoming unbelief. First Corinthians 10, he said all the people that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage, that first generation of Israelites that came out. Verse 5, with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. He said these things were our examples. They're examples for us to the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Now that is exactly the event that we're studying this week, is the place called Kibroth-Hateva, which means the graves of those who longed are lusted. The graves of those who lusted. And that is a foreboding name because the lust at that time, resulted in their death. And the word lust just simply means longing, longing. Let's go back to Numbers, the 11th chapter, and look at it again, look at it some more. Numbers eleven four 4 said, The mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And uh, the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us flesh Now, it said they fell uh, a lusting, and it is talking about just a yielding to a desire. In Psalm 78, um, it, it talks about they challenged God, saying, can God furnish a table out here? Can He do it? Verse 22 said, they believed not in God, and they trusted not in His salvation. And the scripture said that he rained flesh, we're about to see that, as dust and feathered fowls like the sand of the sea. So he gave them meat to eat. And verse 28, he let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat and were filled, for he gave them their own desire. Did you know there are times that the worst thing that could happen to you Is for you to get what you want. Are you all away? You all listening? It was with them. This was the worst thing that could happen to a lot of these people. You'll see it in a moment. Why? Because they didn't care what God wanted. They only wanted what they wanted. To the exclusion of everything else. Which is why it said... They lusted a lust. It goes on to say verse 30, they were not estranged from their lust. And the God's Word translation says they still wanted more. Here's the thing about the lust or longings of the flesh and the eyes. First John two fifteen tells us says uh, uh, don't love the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Because if you love the world, you don't love the Father. You can't serve two masters. And it went on to to describe that the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, he said, was not of the Father, it's of the world. And the scripture says the eyes of man are never satisfied. It's a trick of the enemy that you get something on your mind that you want. I want that. Oh, I need that. It can be any number of things. In this case, it was food, which is a desire of the flesh. Uh, It could be a possession. It could be a house, a car, jewelry, clothes. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And the Lord doesn't mind you having some nice things and enjoying some nice things. But the scripture says covetousness is idolatry. That means you want it more than you want God. You want it more than you want what he wants for you. I like something uh, my elder in the faith, Brother Kenneth Copeland said one time years ago. He said, if I can't get it with my faith, I don't want it in my house. Did you hear that phrase? I don't want it any way I can get it. You know, when it comes to possessions and things, it's not what you got that's the issue. It's how you got it. That's the issue as to whether it's okay or not. And there's a giant difference between the Lord adding something to you and he'll do it in the right way in the right time. Or you can add things to yourself the wrong way, the wrong time. You know, faith says, faith and patience says, if you wait and keep believing God, it'll be great. (laughs) But impatience and flesh says, get it now, anyhow. (laughs) What do you mean? Don't matter how. I want it. And see, that, that was their problem. They were not estranged from their lust, they didn't care, they didn't inquire of the Lord. They didn't ask him what they should do and believe for and look for. They're demanding of him flesh. They're demanding of him meat. Now let's go back to this passage and keep reading it in Numbers 11. They're lamenting and longing. They're not just longing for the the, the meat to eat. Remember verse 5, we remember the fish and the, And the cucumbers and melons. They're longing for Egypt. They're longing to go back to what they've been delivered out of. And despising the manna and despising God, the scripture said. So um, Moses got contaminated by their unbelief. And he said, God, if this is what it's going to be, I wish you'd just kill me and put me out of my misery. That's that's not faith. So Moses now has been contaminated by all of their crying and, and victim mentality and all that junk. And so finally, verse 18, God says, well, separate yourselves and you're going to eat flesh because you've wept in the ears of the Lord saying, who will give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. How did they believe that? It was well with us in slavery. Therefore the Lord will give you flesh and you shall eat it. And you will not eat it one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but a whole month until it comes out your nostrils. (laughs) You know, you can push God about a thing. There was a point where the people came and said that when Samuel was the judge and prophet, and they came and said, we want a king. We want to be like the other nations. We want a king. And Samuel said, no. I'm paraphrasing. He said, that's not God's plan. God's your king. And I'm his prophet and judge. And they said, no, we're going to have a king. So give us a king. And so they pushed and pressured Samuel And so eventually Samuel went to the Lord and said, you see these people, they've rejected me. And and the Lord said, no, they didn't just reject you, they rejected me. But then he went ahead and said, okay, and pointed out Saul and told them he would be their king and that how the kingdom would operate and that he's going to tax them. He's going to take a big percentage of all their stuff. And they still said, yeah, we want a king. Well, that means God let them have it because they pushed him about it, even though it was never his perfect plan or will. Can you see that? And you can do that. You can push and push. I want this. I want to do this. I want to have this. He will let you do it. But it doesn't mean it pleased him. And so they, they were just demanding, we want, we want meat and we want it now. And can you even do it? And they were demanding, and they were challenging, and then they were crying. How would you like to hear two million people crying? <laughs> half the night and into the next day. In the grass? See, that's what happened to Moses. That's why he, he got swayed by it. He, he was frayed. He was pushed. He said, I can't, I can't handle this much. I can't, I can't deal with all of this. And being around it too much, it can have that effect on you. But God said, okay, all right. You want meat? You want to see if I can give you meat? I'm going to give you meat. I'm going to give you meat. I'm going to give you meat till it comes out your nose. <laughs> now, if you were smart at this point, what would you say? God? Maybe not. <laughs> right? I mean, if you, if you don't want us to do this right now, What do you want? What do you want? What's your will? Isn't that what the Lord prayed? Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And see, that also comes back to trusting that God does care about you. He knows if you're tired of eating manna. He knows if you're wanting something bigger and higher and better. He knows, and he already told them. He had a plan for them. They're on their way to the best they've ever had. But they, they, they just demanded it and kept on. And so Moses then, uh, well, verse 20, till it comes out your nostrils and it's loathsome to you because you have despised the Lord that's among you. What they were saying and doing was despising God. You've wept before him saying, why did we come out of Egypt? This is unbelief. This is evil. This is what kept them out of the promised land. Moses said, the people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen. And you've said, I'm going to give them meat that they can eat a whole month. Are we going to kill all the flocks and the herds? Can we get all the fish out of the sea to suffice them? Moses is not doing good. Can you see this? He sounds like them. Doesn't he? It's sad because Moses is a great man. Moses is one of the greatest men of God who has ever lived. I'm looking forward to meeting him. He is an amazing man. But I don't care who you are. You stay bogged up in this kind of junk long enough and don't separate from it. Listen to it too much. Think about it too much. Next thing you know, you start sounding like them. And what's worse is what happened to them Also happened to him. They didn't go into the promised land. Neither did he. He was robbed. But uh, notice the Lord's response. It just. See. And this gives you insight into unbelief. To unbelief. Everything is too big. Everything is too hard. He said. Where are we going to get. That kind of meat. To feed. Two million people for a month? Are we going to get all the fish out of the sea? Moses had no clue how many fish are in the sea. (laughs) Is that right? And how easy it was for God. And see, every one of these miracles is a demonstration of God saying, I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the Lord your provider. I don't need a farm. I don't need a grocery store. I can provide for you anywhere. Amen. I can do it in any circumstance, any situation. And so he'd already done it. They should know he had already done this. But the Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? He said, You think I'm short on my ability? Well, what's he saying? Moses should know better, right? After all they've seen, after all the signs and wonders, he's saying to Moses, you think my hand is waxed short? You really think I can't do this? Boy, (laughs) (laughs) you'll see now whether my word will come to pass to you or not. Moses went out and told the people the words of, of the Lord, then they uh, the Lord did what he said and put his spirit on 70. Verse 31 then, there went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quails from the sea. But now you've got you to gotta open your mind here as to how many quails he's talking about. He let them fall by the camp as it were a day's journey on this side and a day's journey on the other side. That's how long it'd take you to walk For a day. That's how far the quail were spread out. And they weren't just on the surface. They were piled two cubits high. That's about three feet or more. Three feet of quail. As far as you could walk for a day. Why would he do that? God is saying... What do you mean? Can I? Can I find you some meat to eat? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can. In fact, you're going to eat meat (laughs) till it comes out your nose. And they begin to gather them up. And it said that uh, they stood up all at night and all day, and the next day, gathering the quails, he that gathered the least, gathered ten homers. And I think that's like 60 bushel. That was the least anybody got. So, I mean, this, this is, he said, he said meat for a month. And they spread them abroad for themselves round about the camp. And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, Ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people and smote the people with a very great plague. The psalmist said they were not separated from their lust. That means even though they have seen this great miracle, and that's what we started talking about earlier, the eyes of man are never satisfied. What does that mean? If you yield to your longings, I want this i got to have this. If I could just get this, I would be happy and everything would be so great. That's a lie. Because what's going to happen if you get that? It won't be long. The new will wear off. Right? And it won't be long what? There'll be something else that if you just could get, if you just had that, you would be happy. And the enemy wants you chasing something instead of God your whole life, whether it's some kind of achievement or success or money or thing or position or place or some kind of flesh gratification or satiation or people chase it with drugs and substances and everything else. It's that same thing of lusting, longing after something. And what people trying to do is fill a spiritual hole with a carnal thing. And it will never work. Right. It can't. The only thing that will fill that is your creator. Amen. Your God. Amen. Doing what he called you to do and made you to be. That is the only thing that will give you that internal satisfaction, that 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 filling and and fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so they uh Even though they saw a great miracle and everybody's eaten and full of quail, they uh, they didn't even appreciate it. They're still just lusting, lusting, and judgment came, and the plague broke out. And so this is literally the worst thing that could have happened to them is getting what they lusted for because it was their last meal. Is that right? They got their meat. But it was the last meal they'd ever eat. Did you see what it said? It went on to say, they called the name of that place, Kibroth Hateava, because, and that means graves of lust, because they buried the people there that lusted. What's what's the lesson? To learn here, class, what's, there are many, aren't there? But what's some of the main ones? This, this crying, and this longing for things other than God. I like what the psalmist said. He said, uh, "He said, what What do I desire on earth besides you?" He said, "My my soul longs and thirsts for the living God." <clears throat> I have found in some small experience that when you put God first, you want Him more than anything. He doesn't care if you have some things. He'll give them to you. He'll give you things beyond what you could have ever produced yourself. But the moment one of those things start taking more of your time and focus than Him and becomes more important to you than Him, it's now an idol. Can you see that? And the scripture says in Colossians 3, 5, that covetousness is idolatry. And that's why it needs to be so clear that when you you want something, that God you need to acknowledge God's smarter than you. Hmm? How many would acknowledge that, class? Huh? What what do you mean? I've seen this in my own life. If there's something I think I really want, and but I've I've learned, sometimes, you know, took me longer than I should have, but uh, I said, Lord, well, but but but, what do you want? And if he says, well, I don't want that for you. Then even though my flesh is going, yeah, but we, we want it. You say, shut up. Shut up. If you don't want it, I don't want it. And your flesh is going, yeah, but we do. And he said, shut up. God's smarter than me. If he says that's not the best for me, I trust him. That means he's got something better. Oh, are y'all listening or not? He's got something better for me that I just had not found out about you. But you have to trust him to get to that. See, they're thinking the best we've ever had was in Egypt. And the best you could ever have is if we could just get back to Egypt. God's got Canaan land. This is something you've never seen before. See, this is before they saw the big bunch of grapes and, and all of that they've never heard of anything like what he's got planned for them. It is exceeding abundantly above what they've ever asked or thought, but he couldn't get them to believe him. He couldn't get them to acknowledge that it was possible that he could do something better than Egypt. So every time they get in a bad place, they're like, we got to go back to Egypt, we got to go back, we got to go back. And you still see people today. God save them, God deliver them, but the first, you know, bump they hit, they want to go back to the way it was because they think it's easier. They think, ah, it's too hard to do that. It's not. It's not. The way of the transgressor is what's hard. The way of God, His yoke is easy. His burden is light and the path is bright. It gets brighter and brighter to the full day's sun. Let's let's agree with God on this today. Let's say it out loud, Father God. Father God. Y- you were angered by this ungodly, evil unbelief, this unthankfulness, this lusting after things, and not caring what you wanted. I refuse to be that way. I submit myself to you. I say your way is the best. You have a good plan for me. Better than anything I could come up with. I refuse to look back. I refuse to long to go back. I'm looking ahead. I'm looking to Jesus. I'm looking above. Putting my thoughts and my heart and my mind on the future. The future is bright for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Said out loud. Forgive me, Lord, for complaining or crying, feeling sorry for myself, doubting. I refuse to do that any longer, to be like that anymore. I refuse to be down and depressed and hopeless. I have faith. in you. you. I trust trust in you. you. I rely rely on you. you. And I'm going all the way way with you. you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Child of God, he said, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never let you down. And oh, you'll be so glad. Uh, Phyllis and I look back sometimes 40 years ago when we left our little stuff and our little plans that we had and we said okay forget about that we're going with God and sometimes we look back and go how stupid we would have been to cling to our little stuff to see what God has done for us how he's added to us things he's allowed us to be a part of that were exceeding beyond what we ever thought and he'll do the same for you we love you Uh, Time's up again today, We come back next week. There's a lot more to see in Faith School. Praise God. At the end of the week, I always like to uh, speak uh, faith over all of our partners. Thank you for helping us and being joined with us like you are. You know, we've been seeing this week that we shouldn't focus on what we don't have. We should thank God for what we do have. And in His light... We see more light. Uh, Don't let yourself get down and complain and cry and feel bad about something you don't have. As you begin to thank God, and there's a lot that you do have. As you begin to thank God for what you do have, then by faith you just move over into thanking Him for the rest of what you need coming to pass. Lord, we do. Lift up your hands. Lord, we thank you for all that we have been enjoying. You have sustained us or we wouldn't even have made it this far. Thank you for helping us, keeping us. And I speak increase over our partners, cause them to realize abundant harvest coming into their life right now. I call every need met. I call every bill paid. I call every debt and obligation paid off and fulfilled. We speak increase over you in the name of the head of the church, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just remind yourself all day and all night Just keep saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my clothes. Thank you for a place to sleep. Thank you for something to eat. And you'll find in his light, you'll get more light. We love you. believing with you. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website. Our call is at 941-702-7390. Nine four one seven zero two seven three nine zero.